morning to everyone. So before I begin, I want to—I uh, have a testimony and a request. And I was going to wait until after church and tell Miss Tanya this, but as I was standing in the back, I thought, man, this is a great testimony to share with everyone. So um, it's going to probably sound bad on your pastor, but that's okay. I'm used to it. I got broad shoulders. I can take it. But Miss Tanya and uh, Pastor Chaz got my wife and I a, a gift, and it was very nice. And we opened the gift. It was a couple Sundays ago uh, when they gave us a gift, and. So in the gift, there was a gift card uh, for myself, and I, uh, we got home, we opened it up, and there's a, um, you know, this gift card, we got it out, and we opened this gift up, and we, I was amazed, I was thankful, I was all of these things, and, and, but in the busyness of the season, as everyone knows, what do you do with things? There's a place in all of our houses that we just place things, right? And we place it there. And so I opened up the gift, I placed this, and I'm thinking to myself, i got to take this gift card, i got to take it to my wallet, or take it to my bedroom and put it there, because otherwise it will get lost. Well, your pastor didn't do that. <laughs> and so your pastor takes this gift card out, we took it out, and I set it on top of the, uh, if you've ever been to my house, we, you know we have this big uh, countertop that has our uh, canned goods and stuff like that, that that my wife and I make, and we put them there, and I put the gift card there, while it happened to be right around the time of our white elephant Christmas party. And so we were in the process of cleaning everything up, so we cleaned everything up, and my wife's like, we can't leave this gift card to study and I heard, will you take this to your office, please, or take it to the bedroom? Yes, yeah, I'll get to it, I'll get get to it. Well, this week, I started looking for the gift card, because I'm like, hey, we're going to Utah, it'd be nice to have this gift card with us, you know, in case uh, we go to a store or something like that, and I'm like, hey, honey, do you know where that gift card is? And she's like, no, I told you to take it to your office, and I'm like, Okay, so I go to my office, I tear my office apart, guess what? Gift card's not there. I go to where we normally put things, it's not there. I go and I look underneath the cabinets, we're now at this point tearing up our whole entire house. We tore open everything that we could think of where this card would be and could not find it. And I'm sitting here going, I can't believe I lost a gift card. And so my wife and I, uh, as we were getting ready for Christmas, this was just on Christmas Eve, actually, we're getting ready for Christmas, and we're running around the house trying to do everything, and we're looking for this gift card. Now, mind you, the gift card came in a cardboard. It's like, it was like about this big, and it had, the gift card was attached to some cardboard. I had never taken the gift card off of the cardboard. I left it there. So in the middle of my rush and trying to get ready for Christmas and all of these things, I stopped, and I said, all right, Lord, listen. It would be nice to have this gift card and to know where it's at. It's really bugging me. And so, Lord, I know you're gracious. I know you love me, and you answer lots of prayers. And so I'm just answering. I'm asking you, answer this prayer, Lord. Help me find this gift card. Well, I'm thinking, I'll be able to find it. Guess what? Still never found it. And so I was disappointed with myself, and I was angry with myself. And I'm thinking I tore open everything I could ever find and ever have, and it wasn't there. So it comes around Christmas, after Christmas Eve service, we're at home, we're getting ready for bed, and I thought, well, I'm going to put on a pair of jogging pants uh, just to lounge around the house as after Christmas Eve service. You know, I put on my jogging pants, and I reach into my pocket of my jogging pants, and guess what's inside there? So you Never took it off the cardboard. You tell me how that happened. God somehow miraculously got that gift card into my pocket of my, and I thank God for it because I never took it off the cardboard. I remember, now listen, I'm old and I forget a lot of things, but I never once took that gift card off that cardboard. But somehow 
a gift card, not on a cardboard, ended up in the jogging pants that I decided to wear Christmas Eve. I give that up to God and say, thank you, Lord, for answering that prayer. Because I don't know how else it happened, because it was not me. All right, so here's, the, here's my request. My request to you, now, this, I say that because I wanted to share this testimony, because sometimes, you know, when we give to the church, we give to God, we think, okay, God, you know, I'm going to give this because you asked me to. But God really does look out for us. In many different ways, whether it's finding the gift card that you thought you lost, uh, or it's in other ways. God will bless you as you bless him with what he's given to you, and so I encourage you to do that. But here's my request. My request is that every Sunday, as we get done for worship, I walk down and I walk to the back, and as I walk to the back, there's a sign over the boiler room in the back hallway that none of you guys probably have ever seen. It says, Danger. And every Sunday I walk past her and I read this danger. And I think to myself, yeah, you're right, devil. You have to, you better take, <laughs> take notice because this is a dangerous place for you to be because I'm walking through and I've got on my side. But really, honestly, what I was thinking as I was walking up here, wouldn't it be great? And I hope Miss Hayden is not watching online. Miss Hayden is the choir director here. We so, uh, so patiently and so, uh, invitingly gives us a chance to have our church service here. I think it would be really cool if she came back the first day of school after the new year and she had some gifts back there from us as a church, as Passion Community Church. She's married, she's single, or she's married but has no children. I just want to ask you if it's in your heart to think about picking something small up so that we can leave it back there just as a thank you gift, a bless her. It will be one of our 12 days of outreaches that I don't know if any of you guys participated in, got your 12 in or not, I don't know. But if it wasn't, you can count this as double or whatever you want. But let's just bring a gift and say thank you to her. It can be anything, anything you want to do. She's a choir director, choir teacher. If you want to leave her something, that would be great. I think it would be a wonderful opportunity uh, for, is there something wrong with that jacket, Jeremy? You carried that jacket in like it was like it was all wet or something. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's bless her and ask the Lord to bless. Uh, I mean, I think we do. When we have church service on Sunday, we leave a residue here in this building. Whether you understand it or not, it's a spiritual residue that happens. Church, uh, church is just when you're worshiping God, something happens, right? Angels come down and, and celebrate with us. We're all here. We leave a residue here, but I think it would be nice in a practical way just to say thank you to Mrs. Hayden for allowing us to use this room. So um, if you don't mind, and you can do that, just bring something next Sunday. It doesn't have to be large, just a little gift uh, of thank you that we can leave back there for her. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 7. We have been, over the Christmas season, doing this story, uh, this sermon series on what child is this? And we ended uh, Christmas Eve with asking, who is this child? And we sang a song called Behold Our God. If you weren't here, it was a wonderful Christmas Eve service. And what we did was we just uh, sang Christmas songs, we read the Christmas story, and we beheld that Jesus is more than a babe in a manger. It was a wonderful service, we had a wonderful time. And I always uh, have a question in my mind about, like, how do I take and how do I handle the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's? How do you handle this? Uh, what do you preach on? And I started thinking to myself, there's something about the story of Jesus that doesn't end with Christmas. 
Now, we all know that. If you've been in church uh, for any length of time, you know that Jesus grew to be a man, and he did amazing things on this earth, and that he uh, not only grew and became our, uh, our king here on this earth, and serving and healing and, and doing all of these wonderful things, but then he also died on the cross for us, which we celebrate on Easter. It's an amazing thing. But sometimes we forget that Christmas doesn't actually end on Christmas Day. You know, the epiphany, is what they call it, is a period of time that lasts longer than just Christmas Day. And when you wake up on, here we are, December 26th, the day after we're all still kind of in a uh, candy, maybe it's just me, a candy uh, haze from our uh, candy from our stockings and all of the things that happened uh, that we celebrated yesterday, the haze of all of the gifts and the presents and all of those things, those are wonderful things. But the faith that we have in Jesus doesn't end on Christmas Day. The faith that we have in Jesus, we celebrate Christmas because that is the celebration, the day that we celebrate the birth of our Savior. But he did more than just lie in that manger. He did more than just stay there. He did many wonderful things. And today I want to talk to you about where your faith is. Is your faith good enough to see that Jesus was in the manger, or does it go to the next step? Is your faith greater than just Christmas Day? Because today, the day after Christmas, we must learn that our faith doesn't end on Christmas Day. I love this story. In fact, we uh, went over this story in our Bible study not just too long ago, and I love the context of this story, and I wanted to bring this to us, because it shows a man who has faith in Jesus. A man that should not, and probably should not be recognized for his faith, Jesus recognizes him for his faith. If you have your Bibles, again, turn to Luke chapter 7. We're going to be starting in verse number 2. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick, and at the point, at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. Let's pause there for just one moment. The centurion is a Roman soldier who was put over this period or this area, this region, where Jesus is at. The centurion is a man who comes of, most likely, uh, he's a, a Roman, so he has some type of connection. He's a high-ranking official. He has servants underneath him. He has an army that he directs and guides in the area. He is a man who should not, and most likely would not, any other place, be associated with Jesus, or let alone the temple. Very few Roman soldiers associated themselves with the temple of the Jews during this time. And they certainly would not recognize themselves with Jesus. Jesus was a threat to Rome. He was a threat to the Jewish officials and the church of its own. But he was also a threat to the Roman soldiers because the Roman soldiers did not want Jesus coming in and causing an uproar, an uprising of the people to cause them to go against the Roman soldiers. And so a centurion, a Roman official, would not be a Christian, would not be a Christ follower. Yet we find this story. This man is different. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent him to he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. 
And when, he, when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him. For he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. So we, what we find there, let's just pause one more time, what we find there is not only is the centurion a Christ follower, not only is he, he is all in with his faith. He built the temple that is there in the area, meaning that Jesus, Jesus again, a Jewish uh, descendant, but he was against the Jewish uh, believers because he was coming in a different form. And so we find, although he fulfilled all of the Jewish law, Jesus was not loved by the Jewish officials. Obviously, the Sadducees and Pharisees ended up crucifying him. But we find the centurion that he is not only a Christ, or not only is he a follower of the law, but we find that he loves the nation and he is the one who built us our synagogue, scripture tells us. Verse number six says, And Jesus went with them when he was not far from the house. The centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself. I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you. But say the word and let my servant be healed. This is amazing. I'm not going to pause here because this is amazing. We're going to jump into this in a moment. For I am too a man set under authority for soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, said, I tell you not, even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. Let's pause and pray and ask the Lord to be with us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day, the day after the day we celebrate your birth, the day after Christmas, Father. Lord, in many ways, it seems as though we're turning a page, but we're not. Even though we celebrated the birth of, of our Savior yesterday, today we get to live out the life. And every day from this, this point forward, we live out the faith that you left us. Lord, this is a wonderful story that we're reading today about a, uh, a centurion who followed you, who believed in you, who had faith in you. Lord, may we today walk forward from this place having the same amount of faith that the centurion had in you. May we learn from this story, Father. Help us to be guided by your direction, be guided by your light. We love you, Lord. We ask you, Father, I pray that my words would not be my own, but they would truly be your words. And that the rest of this holiday season, the rest of this Christmas season and the coming new year, Father, that we can share and give the love of Christ to those around us. And that we, too, can have the faith like the centurion had. We thank you, Lord, for the story. I pray that you would make my words your words, Father. Let me say nothing that doesn't come from you, Father. Remove any hindrances we have and help us to hear from you directly on what you'd want us to learn from these verses today. We glorify you, we honor you, we praise you now in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen and amen. See, the truth of this is, is this story, it all begins with what you believe in. It all begins with what you believe in. Robert, you're going to have to guide me along here because... There we go, it is changing. It's kind of changes going in and out on me, so. 
the story that we talked about here today, it begins with the centurion, and the centurion is asked, what does he believe in? Beyond a wonderful story, we find some amazing things happening in this, in this story. As I said before, a centurion, a Roman soldier, he would be generally very discouraged from being involved in religion at all. Yet we find this centurion was a bit different. Not only was he a good man by the words that were spoken to him by his servants, but he also had faith of some type because he gave and built the synagogue, or the temple, I should say, that was there. Maybe the centurion had heard stories of healings that Jesus had done. Maybe the centurion had heard of the other things that have happened. Maybe the centurion knew about the stories that caused the shepherds at a very early age of Jesus' life to come and see him. Maybe the centurion had heard other things. But regardless of what he had heard, the centurion had to believe in order to go forward. See, Christmas time is this wonderful season where we gather with our family and we give gifts and we celebrate and we uh, love each other and we talk about how wonderful life is and we wish it would snow. We watch, uh, we watch movies called It's a Wonderful Life and, and uh, Charlie Brown and all of these other wonderful things. And it's great and it's awesome. But what do we actually believe in is the question. See, some people celebrate Christmas because, again, it is this wonderful time of the year. And all of these wonderful things happen. As Christians, we celebrate this day because of what Jesus did. He came down to this earth for us. And it makes a huge difference. But it starts with this. See, the centurion started with a faith. It started, he started with this element of saying, I believe that Jesus can heal my servants. I believe that if Jesus comes, he will heal my servant. This centurion knew and believed this. It wasn't a shadow of a doubt. It wasn't a question in his mind. He knew that if Jesus came, his servant could be healed. My question to you is, what do you believe in? This time after Christmas, we have to ask this question because it's easy to have faith leading up to Christmas, right? It's easy to, to, to get excited about the Christmas uh, time and the season and the Christmas Eve service and all of the wonderful things. But the day after Christmas, the days, the months, the weeks after Christmas, what do we believe in? See, persistence is a key in a lot of things in faith. You can get excited about your faith and you can get excited about your faith and you can do things and you can go out and do outreaches and those types of things and those are all wonderful things. But if they just end because you start getting tired or the year leans on and, and leads on and you stop reading your Bible and you stop praying as much as you did and you stop doing all of those things, what happens? We're in this middle of, of this. It, it goes from this exciting time of Christmas to almost, okay, where's my faith at today? Today, I believe that Jesus is asking us, what do we believe in? Do you believe that Jesus can heal if he comes to your house? Do you believe that Jesus will answer your prayers? Do you believe that when you pray to God, when you pray to him, that Jesus is truly on the right hand of God, hearing your prayers and interceding for you? Do you believe those things? 
Do you believe that God can hear your prayers about a lost gift card and answer those prayers? Do you believe that Jesus will hear your prayers about helping you have and overcome the troubles in your life? We have to start somewhere. And faith is the place that I choose to begin. My faith in God starts with this very center stage, knowing that God is all-powerful and nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is impossible with God. And so we're praying and we're asking, and I ask you to think about today, what do you believe in? Do you 